Blog Talk Radio. As we proceed, Juan Boyd, a.k.a. DJ Rabbit, representing Rabbit Productions, hanging out chilling with my girl, Cy Buggy. That's right, Cy Brown on politicsremix.com. Say word. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Cy Brown. Big shout out to IDMware, Jason Ray. What's going on, baby? I see you in the chat room. Deja Monet, I see you in the chat room. I also see we have a guest. What's up, Spike Spielberg? I see you hanging out with me in the chat room. Golly, this show is going to be bananas. You know, today we talk about politics. This is our day of the week that we talk about politics. And it is AIG for the full show. Enough said. Matter of fact, I think I got to get that biggie drop in there one more time. As we proceed, The one Boyd, aka DJ Rabbit, representing Rabbit Productions, hanging out chilling with my girl Cy Buggy. That's right, Cy Brown on politicsremix.com. Say word. Yo, Spike, I love it. You put you know it in the chat room. We, I had to get the biggie in there because as we proceed to give you what you need, I am not talking Chris Brown. I'm not talking Rihanna. I'm not talking. Jay, Jennifer Hudson pregnant or Beyonce, with, I'm not, we're talking, we are proceeding to give us all what we need to maneuver through this. AIG has me incensed, but you want to know the funny thing? They let it happen. And when I was doing my research for today's show, I'm listening to Santilli, I'm listening to CNBC, and I don't know if you all know, but the head of CNBC, the editor, says it's all relative, that, this, that the money that we're talking about is all relative, that we need to relax and not be so up in arms. I don't know if the editor of CNBC is going to have a job in a minute because that is some inflammatory stuff right about there. I mean, just to say the bonuses are no big deal. Oh, okay, wait a minute. And, and luckily I have notes so that I don't go off on a tangent, and I'm going to go and I'm going to do the show in order. I am livid about this. The first thing, the first component that really has me hot under my collar is the simple fact when the United Auto Workers Union went to Congress and petitioned for money, they made these poor people make so many concessions, and I am on the record saying they should have all failed. We live in a capitalist society. If your business cannot thrive, it needs to go under. I don't care how big it is. You have to stay true to your core principles. Well, everybody felt, you know what, it's too big, Detroit, 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 and you all know Malikia, who's a production assistant sometimes for uh, when I shoot my video. She's from Detroit. Saida, you don't understand. It's really hurting the economy. As I understand it now, an average house in the city or the metro area of Detroit, Michigan, is $18,000, which is absurd. But 
barring that, it's too big to fail. They made the UAW give so many concessions, and they asked for just a small percentage of what AIG got, a small percentage. They made those poor workers give back vacation and health and sick and retirement and all of this stuff, but yet they've given AIG millions of dollars in bonuses. And peep this, not only – let's not even look at the fact that they're giving them bonuses – the department within AIG who is receiving these bonuses sits at the nucleus of this entire financial meltdown. If that is not an utter slap in the face, I don't know what it is. How dare these people give them money for failure? That is the antithesis of what this country was founded, our foundation. I'm very angry with our esteemed president. And for those of you who may be new to my Tuesday show, you will know I was very critical of President Barack Obama. I love him dearly. I am so happy he is our president, and I want this man to do very well. And I said I believe that he, he is God sent because I believe this country was really headed for disaster, and uh, he was the only one on the face of this planet that could fix it. Maybe I drank the Obama Kool-Aid, but I, I believe that, and I, and, I, and I swear by that. However, I'm extremely angry because how can we give this money so freely? You sit in the big chair, President Obama, mandate to these people that they have to crack their books. Now, here's my opinion as to why I think they're not opening their books. I don't think they're opening their books because if we really knew the, 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 the real picture, if we got a glimpse of, of, of any semblance of accuracy of what these books look like, I believe the world and global economy would crumble because they cook the books so much, it's, they're so intricately woven into something else, it is just a debacle. And I think the reason why he has not mandated that they open the books is that I really believe our economy would crumble, it would snowball, become a domino effect, and then the global economy would fail. I really believe that. It was just posted in the chat room, money and influence talks, poor people walk. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to reference a lot of... Um, a lot of news clips in today's show. So I'm putting all of the links in the chat room so you guys can follow up on it, do what you want to do. But this is, this is some important stuff. And the beauty is in a few minutes I have an entire timeline that I will share with you as to how to make some sense as to how this really happened. AIG and the like are confident that they hold all the cards um, the uh, drop and see just put in the chat room. We are too big for the feds to let us fail. Well, you know what? They need to fail. They need to fall down like a whole house of the house of cards that they are. Um, let me let me start off with the president, our president. Before I get into the timeline, um, and then then we'll, we'll keep this show moving. Right now, a lot of people are not very happy at the way the Obama administration is handling this, I being one of those people. I'm very, very upset. But when you look at it, I'm sure to a certain degree he has reason. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, outrage, and this is coming from the Daily Voice. 
which is um, America's Black, they call themselves, let me just get it correctly because I love the Daily Voice and Mr. Keith Boykin, Black America's Daily News Source. And this is coming from a staff reporter um, on the dailyvoice.com. And I'm just going to read a snippet of it because I have a lot of stuff to share with you. And I really think getting into this timeline is going to shed some light because we have to also determine where the blame lies. How did this happen? How did we allow this to happen? And who, in fact, can we point a finger to? Because heads need to roll behind all of this. But I digress. As public outrage rises over AIG's plan to pay hundreds of millions of dollars of bonuses to top executives, the Obama administration faced a new challenge on Tuesday, which was today, to get ahead of the swelling populist resentment. President Obama said Monday that he would pursue, and I quote, every single legal avenue to block, end quote, the $165 million in bonuses paid to AIG employees after the company received nearly $180 billion, with a B, in federal aid in the past year. But other administration officials said later that there was not much the White House could do to stop the payments or recoup the money that had been given out, the Wall Street Journal reported. And I quote, this is from the Wall Street Journal. The confusion that seemed to mark the White House's AIG response Monday illustrates the bind that Mr. Obama finds himself in, end quote. The New York Times editorial board also expressed frustration with the administration's response to the news from AIG. Mr. Obama's tough talk, the Times said, contrasted with comments made by his top economic advisor, Lawrence Summers, and the Treasury Department. They had already expressed dismay, but said that legally they could do nothing to stop the bonuses, which, in fact, had already mostly been paid on Friday. A report in the Washington Post indicated that Obama was losing political capital by allowing the AIG story to fester without a strong enough response. President Obama's apparent inability to block executive bonuses at insurance giant AIG has dealt a sharp blow to his young administration and is threatening to derail both public and congressional support for his ambitious political agenda. Post reporters Michael D. Shear and Paul Kane wrote, Republican Senator Charles Grassley, this is a piece, listen to this, this is, this is this is a piece right here. When I heard this, I, I was I was shocked. Republican Senator Charles Grassley of Iowa told a home state radio station on Tuesday that AIG executives should step down or kill themselves. The first thing that would make me feel a bit better towards them, Grassley said, if they follow the Japanese model and come before the American people and take that deep bow and say, I'm sorry, and then either do one of two things, resign or go commit suicide. That is harsh. I mean, here, here's where, and, and I see um, Drop a Seat, you put some stuff in the chat room. I'm going to read that in a minute. Here's, here's the thing. This is not even a black or white people issue. You have a white <laughs> senator saying these people need to kill themselves. You know, the Senate is about decorum and protocol. He's like, yo, they need to go jump off a bridge because this is incensing and inflaming everybody, and anarchy can really erupt. You know, all of you, I have been following this whole financial meltdown since August of last year and talk about it at every, at every corner and at every turn. I just find it very hard to believe that we forced the UAW, the United Auto Workers Union, to make 
extreme concessions to give them a pittance just to maintain a standard of living so they can pay their mortgages, and these people are getting billions to maintain and sustain a very affluent lifestyle. And Congressman Elijah Cummings, which you all know I have an affinity for Congressman Cummings. I speak at his events every year that he does for young people. He got on TV and said they, they need to name names, and I was in, I was furious at Maria Bartiromo, who's a CNBC. She's like one of the rising stars or is a star of CNBC. said, well, I don't think we should name names. Does it really matter? That would put a mark on them. I'm thinking, I don't know how many of you read the book, The Scarlet Letter, and, and the woman who committed adultery, she was forced to wear uh, an A on her chest. I believe it's her chest uh, because she was an adulteress or, you know, that, that's that's the story in the book, and that's why it's called The Scarlet Letter. I don't care if it's a star, a strawberry, a heart, whatever it is. I want to know who got that money and why they got it, especially especially if they're the ones that sit in the center of the, how this whole thing happened. Let me just read some stuff in the chat room, and then I'm going to get into the next piece, and then I'm going to go into the timeline of what really went down with AIG. Oh, Deja Monet says, okay, and big shout-out to Deja Monet, who had her first show yesterday. So congratulations, darling. Okay, I believe it's not the president's fault that AIG misused the money. The president is now trying to correct it. Dropping seed put, that's my take. How will his administration respond? And there are no fines. As a nonprofit, if we misuse tax dollars, we lose our tax status and have hefty fines. There is no black or white now. It's power and powerless powerless. Deja Monet added, I listened to ABC World News this morning, and I believe he is trying to find AIG, and he is not giving them any more funding to the company, so give them a chance to correct the situation. What else can he do beyond that? Not much, really. Nothing? No. Just try to correct the problem and find them and no more funding. Yeah, that sounds really simple, but why do we keep throwing money at this problem? And what really gets me is says, I watched Fox News yesterday just so I can see what the other team is saying, and they're trying to toss it back to Obama saying, well, that's what we get when we just, you know, when we're throwing money at the problem, we didn't even vet them, we don't even know where the money was supposed to go. I know, hell, if I went to a bank to apply for a loan for $10,000, they would get every piece of information from me, including my mama's birth certificate or whatever, and we're giving away billions of billions and billions of dollars with no accountability, this is bizarre. I, I need to take a deep breath because you all just do not know how angry I am. And, and my anger stems from the fact that I want to run a successful business. I want to be a successful entrepreneur. I want to have, I want to leave a legacy for my children. And I got caught up in this mess, this financial mess, and I have no lifeline. There is nobody, here's Cy, we feel badly for you. Here's some money, you know, pay off your debt, start afresh, good looking out, girl. No, 
And you know something? Kmart made uh, one of the executives from Kmart came on TV a couple days ago and said the exact same thing. A few years back, we were forced to, uh, to, to, to go under bankruptcy protection. We developed and formed a strategic alliance with Sears, and we are now a better and stronger company for it. We did not look to the government to bail us out. And you know what? The executives at Kmart raised a very valid point. If the Republicans are always talking about pull yourself up by the bootstrap, come on, get another degree, you can do it, why does that same witness test still not apply to these other companies? I just don't get it. Um, let me go here. Let's let's let me let me change screens very quickly because I have a bunch of notes. And y'all know I have been following this to the fullest. Let me go into the timeline that I think is very important to share. I'm a big believer in timelines. Maybe that's just how my how my brain thinks. I have a caller, really quickly caller. I'm going to pick you up. You're on the line with Cy Brown. Politics Remix, we're talking AIG for the full show today. Thank you so much. What can I do for you? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about AIG insurance? Yes, we are, sir. Oh, yeah. AIG, uh, you know, we let we supposed to let them all fall down because these are all of them are bastards because they uh, screw all of us and they charge us with high insurance in the housing, uh, automobile, etc. And then when you have accident, they say, well, we don't pay this, we don't pay that, we don't pay, and then they basically then why do you have insurance for? You see what I'm saying? I had an idea. Uh, and and I uh, was on accident, and then many of my clients were uh, came. They didn't pay it, so uh, thanks. I had the insurance, so then they paid it for it. But they say we don't pay for this CAT scan, we don't pay for the MRI. I mean, mm-hmm. I have I have the medical. I have the medical coverage, fifty thousand dollars. What the hell wow. is that? What does that mean? It means I have paid all this my life, all this money to them more than I mean, uh, uh, about eight nine hundred dollar a year for car insurance, and so my car is about seven years, so seven thousand dollar I have paid them, and then now they're bugging me for all this thing. I mean, all the banks they should be filled. Too. We should not help them because we help them, they fire their employees. We help mm-hmm. them, uh, they, they get uh, 50,000 uh, Citibank employees fired, uh, 30,000 people uh, laid off from uh, BFA, and then yet what they do with the money? They gave to their top dogs right away their bonuses that uh, they were owed them uh, uh, with that, I thought this money is supposed to go for the uh, those people who were not able to pay uh, their credits or their defaulted on uh, uh, on the house foreclosures, etc. Those money should go towards uh, those people, so then they will not be foreclosed. But these people are a bunch of mafia, and we are. Uh, we are uh, we, but I'm serious. I mean, no, I'm I know serious you're, too. 
No, I'm, I'm just as angry. Sir, you can't even imagine. I am just as angry as you are. You don't know how much I appreciate you calling in because I know for a fact what AIG did. We had AIG car insurance as well, and what they did was slick. They changed the name to 21st Century for their auto insurance. So, I mean, just what they're doing is some, what is that thing where, where they have the shell game or something where you're walking down the street and you've got to try to find the, the, the little bead or something under the shell? They're doing some, some really fast hand moving here, but we got a letter in the mail saying AIG is now 21st century, and they sent right. us all new insurance. I mean, this is a bunch of nonsense. They're doing the same thing as Bernard Madoff. Sir, what is your name? My name is Reza Ashkenazi, R-E-Z-A. If you put on the system on the top of the page, you will find me and you can add me. And I have a lot of shows as well, too. And last night I talked to D.B. Kidd, and she, she talked about Obama, his estate, and what would happen if Obama would be four years in USA what would be happening to all, all of us. And it's, it's, you will love the David Kidd, David Kidd interview that I had last night with her. And uh, so just go there and download it later on. You will love it. So, but I the bottom line is, he's an agent of the finance and the stockers. He, he is not with the people of the USA. And the people are doped. And those people, I never voted. I never voted, Madame, Mademoiselle. I never voted. But uh, uh, I boycott the election. I, before that, even I was shouting in the microphone. I said, please boycott. Let the streets be empty. But people yeah. are ships. 95% of Americans are ships. So therefore, yeah. what can you expect? Well, you know what? You are so right, sir. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you listening to Life Remix Radio, and I'll tune into your show as well. Yeah, give me your name again, please. It's Cy. It's liferemixradio.com. Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, so thank you very much. So add me. Then I know. Who, uh, so then uh, uh, we will be in touch. Thank you so Absolutely. much. And then Obama is... Uh, not for America. Obama is for financier and stockers. Now they want to have a third or fourth stimulus package. Shame on them. Well, you know what? I, that's what we're talking about today. Thanks so much, caller. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Well, you know, people are, uh, yeah, I see drop and seed. I didn't even comment on that. I, I, I see what you just put in the chat room. I didn't even comment on that. Uh, I respect everybody's view. Um, I, I, I caught that DSR. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, DSR. Anyway, what's up, Kirby Queen? Thanks for joining us. Let's move into this timeline of really what went down with AIG. Big shout-out to Kirby Queen, who just joined us in the chat room, VOP Mike Henderson, who joins me. We have a couple of guests, Dropping Seeds, Spike Spielberg, Jason Ray from IDMware, and Deja Monet. Thank you very much. Are you ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Here is the timeline of what went down for AIG, and my source for this is Reuters. All right. AIG stands for the American International Group, once the world's largest insurer. 
last September, it nearly collapsed under losses from bad mortgages and bets. And that's really when I started looking at this and talking about it on the show. It was around the end of August, to be, excuse me, the beginning of September. Here is a timeline of events since AIG was first rescued by the United States last year. Feel free, everybody, to please do your own research. I am giving you the information as I understand it, and I want to make sure that uh, I give accurate information. So this is what I found and I am sharing with you based on my research. September 16, 2008, AIG avoids bankruptcy thanks to an $85 billion United States rescue that gives the government a 79.9% stake in the insurer. September 18th of 2008, AIG names Edward Liddy, former Allstate chairman, as chairman and chief executive, succeeding Robert Willemstad, who steps down after three months on the job. October 3rd, AIG announces broad plans to sell assets to repay its loan from the United States government. Moody's Investor Services cuts AIG's debt ratings by one notch, citing the company's plans to sell assets to pay off the debt, leaving the insurer with fewer businesses to rely on. The downgrade leaves AIG with an A3 rating, the seventh highest out of 10 investment grade levels. Quick sidebar, those ratings numbers, look into those. Those ratings numbers are kind of bogus if you ask my opinion, but let's keep it pushing. Standard & Poor's revises the outlook on the ratings of AIG to negative from developing. S&P has an A-minus rating on AIG, four notches above speculative or basically junk status. Not good. October 10th, AIG says it borrowed $70.3 billion as of October 8th, which was two days prior. AIG draws fire on news. It spent 200000 on hotel rooms and 23000 on spa services days after it got the emergency loan from the government. Hello, should we not have seen something then? Anyway, October 15th, big shout-out to Andrew Cuomo, New York's Attorney General, says he is investigating what he contends is unwarranted and outrageous spending by AIG. Cuomo said he was seeking a full accounting of bonuses, stock options, severance payments, gratuities, benefits, junkets, and any and all other perks. Cuomo wants AIG to recover or rescind these payments. Now, this was in October. That was five months ago, folks, five months ago as of Sunday. So this has been going on. This is not new. November 6, 2008, AIG says the total owed under its $85 billion credit facility from the United States stands at $61.3 billion as of November 5th one day prior, and that is inclusive of interest and fees. AIG companies also borrowed $19.9 billion under a separate $37.8 billion securities lending agreement, raising $123 billion, the total amount the government has put at AIG's disposal. Now, four days later, AIG posts a record quarterly loss. Now, let's look at, that's why these dates are important.
important, y'all, because you can't tell me the day before when they reported that money, they didn't know four days after they're going to report a quarterly loss. Hurt for the fourth consecutive quarter by write-downs on assets linked to the subprime mortgages and capital losses. And basically a write-down, let's, 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 let, me, let me get into very quickly what a write-down is. The write-down is when they gave all these inflated costs, they said, okay, your house is worth 400000 Now they open and crack open those books and say, oh, you know what, my bad, it's two seventy-five. Where the hell did 125000 just go? Oh, I digress. Let me get back to this timeline. But anyway, they knew in early November that they were going to have to take these write-downs. These, these um, documents are not prepared one day and then um, disseminated to the public the next. They knew when they took that money, shortly thereafter, they were already preparing their, their information to be released to the public. So on November 10th, when they posted that loss, they knew, and it said its third quarter net loss was 24 $24.47 billion, or $9.05 a share, compared with a year earlier profit of $3.09 billion, or $1.19 a share. But let's remember, these numbers are not real. This is all on paper. On November 25th, listen to this. Now, this is the same guy, Liddy, who received $1 in salary, that there will be no 2008 bonuses for the company's seven most senior executives. And this is where that slick stuff came in. He came out and said he is only going to receive a dollar in salary and that there's no bonuses for the company's seven most senior executives and that 50 more AIG executives will be locked out of pay raises in 2009. Let's look at that language. What that did was it calmed us down. Woohoo! The seven most senior executives are foregoing their bonuses and 50 more AIG executives will be locked out of pay raises. It did not say that the executives are not going to get a bonus, I'm sorry, a pay raise, and it also did not say that those 50 AIG executives would not get their bonus. It said they're going to be locked out of pay raises. Nowhere did it say they wouldn't get a bonus. You have to look between the lines of this. Let me read that one more time. On November 25th, Liddy, who we just discussed, came the, uh, the, the, the chairman on September 18th. We're now at November 25th. About two months later, he says, listen, I'm only taking a dollar in salary. There will be no 2008 bonuses for the company's seven most senior executives, but never did he mention a pay raise. And then he said 50 more AIG executives will be locked out of pay raises, but never did he mention bonuses. Do you see? This is, this is, oh, my gosh. Anyway, let's keep it pushing. On December 22nd, about a week later, AIG and the government say they reached an agreement to clear the insurer of its obligations on about $53.5 billion in toxic mortgage debt. The Fed had established two funds to hold the mortgage assets linked to AIG. That right there, the government now just soaked up $53.5 billion of their debt. Not only are we giving them money, but now we're taking on their debt. Like, I wish this stuff, I could do this for my business. Now, on December 22nd, about three weeks later, 
German reinsurer Munich. Now, just for, for those who may not know, a reinsurance company, like a company named Zurich, they insure insurance companies. So, for example, you can have an insurance company that insures us your house, your car, or your auto, but insurance companies need insurance companies as well. So they need to make sure they're protected should they ever have to pay out big losses, like for Hurricane Katrina or something like that. That's why they got shysty about paying those claims. But anyway, German insurer Munich, who is the reinsurance company, said it's going to buy AIG's HSB Group. Now, there's one line item on their budget for $742 million to expand its United States businesses. It's the largest asset deal reached by AIG since October, which was three months ago, when it unveiled its plan for assets um, so it can raise money to repay the government bailout. My my belief, my personal belief, is that their attempt to repay the government was very disingenuous. I don't believe they wanted to pay that money anyway. They're trying to get this money. Let's take our last hurrah and let us fold. We don't care. But that's just Cy Brown's opinion. On January 26th, right now, for all of you who just joined us, we have a lot of people joining us in the chat room. Um, Reza, yeah, I saw the whole piece about um, Obama's deception on Google. I did not bring that into the show because I have not watched the entire movie as of yet. So before I bring information like that onto the show, I need to watch it first. But, yes, there is a movie that is out about the uh, deception of President Obama Big shout-out to NY Oil. I saw when you joined the chat room. Good looking out. Thank you for joining us today. And I also got your piece about Al Sharpton. Um, if I have some time at the end of the show, I'll, um, I'll, I'll bring that up. Big shout-out to Holzman and Women of Color Fine Jewelry. I mean, this show is, is off the chain. Um, NY Oil just put that movie is bogus. Well, like I said, I need to see it first before I even bring it to the show. So, anyway, let's get back to the timeline. January 26, 2000. Just about two months ago, AIG says it is working with Bank of America Corp. and Merrill Lynch to sell a fund management business that operates 15 funds with more than $12.4 billion in assets under management as of September 30th. Now, don't forget... This is where a lot of people's 401ks are. You know when you're working and you, and you may have insurance and you can put it in a G fund or you can put it in, you know, all of these little line items that we're not all too sure about? That's who holds this money. Now, that was the last major reporting from AIG that just says it's working with Bank of, Amer Bank of America Corp. Now, here's the thing. If I don't have money and you don't have money, what can we really do together? Bank of America is struggling on its own. Bank of America is struggling on its own. So how – I don't even understand. I really would love to learn the details of this relationship as well. On March 2nd, which was just over two weeks ago, Treasury and Fed announced a third new aid plan for AIG, putting $30 billion more at its disposal. Here's where I get pissed. And easing the terms and conditions that give the insurer a billion-dollar-a-year break on interest and dividend payments. Now, here's where I get angry, because a lot of people are saying, was this President Obama, was it President Bush? Right now, March 2nd, that's Obama. That's happening under this administration. Let me get down to what is happening today, and I'll tell you why that determination on March 2nd really 
is why people are getting angry and also why it took them two weeks to let this come out to the public. Listen to this. I'm going to repeat it. March 2nd, the Treasury and Fed announced a third, third, as in one, two, three, plan for AIG putting $30 billion more at its disposal. They did not give it to the auto workers. They did not give it to small businesses. They did not give it to schools. They did not give it to faith-based initiatives. They did not give it to churches. Nobody, they're giving another $30 billion back to AIG, who we just said, Hold on, I'm looking for the date. What was the date? What was the date? Hold on. On October 10th, it borrowed $70.3 billion, but yet they spent $200,000 on hotel rooms and $23,000 on spa services. At that point, Obama, it was too soon to really dig into AIG. But March, you're now in office. We can't say what money the Bush administration gave those people. We, 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 we can't say that. But now here we are in March giving them a third round of funding, $30 billion. But yet we saw y'all was messing up. Y'all was, oh, my goodness, that they were messing up the first two rounds of funding that we gave them. At what point is there going to be some heightened sense of accountability? AIG says the new revised bailout preserves capital. You hear this? It doesn't say jobs. It says it preserves capital, thereby increasing the likelihood it can repay the government debt and revise itself into a smaller company with better long-term prospects. Here's what happened. That statement from AIG told it all. Listen to this. AIG says the revised bailout preserves capital, thereby increasing the likelihood it can repay the government debt and revise itself into a smaller company with better long-term projects. Let's read between the line, everybody. What this says is they have their money in interest-bearing accounts. So what they are doing is taking the money from the government putting it into an interest-bearing account to use that money that they get from interest to be able to maintain and boost their bottom line on their balance sheet and then pay the government back. Why do you think the government is giving these banks all of this money and there's no lending going on? That's because, let's look at it this way. If we have, all of us have maybe two, $300 in our checking account, right, and they give us 2% interest, the interest that they're giving us is so immaterial in amount, it doesn't mean much. You might get $0.02, cents, $0.03 cents a dollar if you're lucky. But when you have billions and billions and billions of dollars in the bank and the interest that you're getting is 1%, a half a percent. See, when we, normal people hear, oh, the interest rate has just been adjusted by a quarter of a percent and Wall Street goes crazy, that's because the numbers that they're dealing with are so large and so vast that that quarter of percent could be a swing of millions or billions of dollars. So now when you look at it, when you look at the situation where, the bank is holding on, and they're telling you. What kills me is that they're telling you exactly. AIG says this revised bailout plan, that $30 billion that we're getting ready to give them as of March 2nd, is preserving capital. It doesn't say it's going to – this is how blatant and how arrogant they are. 
They're not even, oh, I have a caller from 215. Caller, I didn't even see you there. I'm sorry. Give me one second and I'll pick you up, caller from 215. They didn't even have the decency or respect for the American public to say, listen, this $30 billion will be used to preserve jobs, to help us, you know, become more resilient, to help us retool. They straight said that this is going to preserve our capital, thereby increasing the likelihood it can repay the government debt and revise itself into a smaller company with better long-term prospects. These arrogant sons of guns. You know, if I wasn't a Christian, I would have said the other word because I am so pissed. Yeah, I think I said the word pissed three times in the show, and I, and I definitely don't do that. And I'm angry dropping seed. I see you just put that in the chat room because it's hurtful. I deal with people every day that are broken and busted and have no hope. And to have these people getting billions of dollars in bonuses Soup kitchens are being cleaned out. It's just terrible. Caller from 215, you're on the air with Cy Brown for Life Remix Radio. How can I help you? Let's try that again. Caller from 215, you're on the air with Cy Brown, Life Remix Radio. Thank you for joining us. That's odd. Uh, all right. Caller, I'm not sure why I can't pick you up. Uh... Let's try that one more time. A caller from 215, just know that I'm trying to uh, unmute your line. Not sure why the line is not um, clear and sorry about that. Anyway, yeah, I see, Reza. I don't know what it is. Let me, um, let's, let me go through the stuff that's in the chat room because a lot of stuff was going down. As I was speaking, okay, uh, let's see. Alan, I, uh, let's go. Oh, wait, caller from 215, are you there? Hi, sorry, it's Christine. I was just calling to listen in. Oh, hey, darling, how are you? Okay, thank you so much. As you can tell, I'm very angry today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm angry because people are hurting, and we're giving this money so loosely. And it, 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 I know. It, it, I want to cry, and I think my anger is keeping me from crying. You all know I'm such a crier. Uh, but it just breaks my heart that people, women, and babies are starving. All people want to do is work. Right. And to give these people this money and they can't work, I mean, it, I don't even know what to say. But anyway, yeah, I'm angry. Sai is angry today. But thank you so much, Christine, for listening. <laughs> sure, sweetie. Sure. How are you feeling, by the way? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I'm seven months, so i got two months left. Yippee, we have to have a virtual Life Remix radio baby shower for you, so send me an email where you're registered. We have to get you something for the new baby. <laughs> I'll do listening. that. All right. <laughs> Everybody, uh, that was Christine, Christian Wives Club. She always listens in, and she uh, she usually joins us in the chat room. I remember when we broke the news when she became pregnant, so that was exciting. Haven't seen her for a while, so she's seven months pregnant, so that's good. Glad she and baby are doing well. Uh, let's go. Um, 23, this is stuff I'm reading in the chat room, everybody. Um 23,000 jobs are lost every day. Obama is a narcissist. For those of you that may not be familiar with the word narcissist, it means you have a lot of self-love. Um, he can fix the economy. The North American Union is coming. The Amero, they destroyed the middle class. Why? Um, let me keep reading. Um, 
Well, you know, there's a lot of opinions. What's up, High Road? I see you're in the chat room. Women of color find jewelry. Says we have to get the message that those of us who put our faith in this nation, we have, we're taking our focus off of God. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, listen to this. Um, I put in the chat. I put in the show description for today. I don't know if you guys are looking at the show page, but we have to. T- I, I tag my show so that way you know people kind of know what show um, is what the show is about. And one of the tags that I put for today's show is "Where is God in all of this?" And God is in the midst of everything. I firmly believe that. And for those of you who are atheists, this is not the show for you. You can log off now. I am a big believer in God. I believe God has his hand in everything, but I also believe when when we're not working on a unified mission for the Lord, then people that have ill intentions are allowed to freely roam. And it's free choice, free will. We all know God gives us free will. And this is what happens when those individuals who may not share the same faith that many of us do are allowed to freely go and do what they may. And money becomes their God and greed and capitalism and that whole mentality of the 80s. I always think back to the show with Michael J. Fox where he played Alex P. Keaton. I love the show, but his basic model for the show was greed is good. And this is, and we're living the result of that, which is why our kids are off the hook, people are off the hook, and everybody's walking around like zombies. They don't, and, and the reason I'm angry is because people are truly lost. There is a whole generation who grew up with prosperity. Basically, many of us who listen to this show, maybe we lived through the crack ep- epidemic, but we were still kind of, you know, maybe early teens or just coming into our teens. But for the most part, for most of our ad- adult life, all we know is prosperity. I know that's all I know, and I'm in my late 30s. All I remember, all I see is prosperity. We grew up and then the dot-com, and, it's, and, and of course the economy is extremely cyclical, and there are good times and bad times, but for the most part, let's all take a look. The last 10, 15, 20 years have been pretty darn good. There's been a lot of um, new products introduced. Let's talk about computers and the Internet and phones and fax machines and, and the dot-com boom and the dot-com bubble and Bill Clinton and, and all of these things. We have never really my generation has never really experienced hard times. Um, women of color decide be encouraged. Getting upset is to take you out of alignment with God. Oh, um, I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm definitely um, encouraged. Uh, 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 I think what you are all hearing is just the result of my frustration. I don't like to see little people taken advantage of. The Bible speaks of that. You can't take advantage of, of those that are less fortunate, and that's what's happening. And this whole debacle with the bank situation is what they did is they created such an intricate web, a deceitful web. Most of us can't understand the complexities of what is going on with this banking. And I heard something um, very profound. I was have, uh, sharing a conversation with a friend of mine. Politicians are just that politicians. Many of them are lawyers. Many of them are community servants. Many of them just want to do good. 
They want to do well by doing good, and they want to be servants. They are not seasoned in the intricacies and details of our finance system. So how can we expect politicians to run the banks if they're really not trained in that? And so what happened is these shysty bankers created all of these little intricate mechanisms for calculating numbers and crunching numbers, because you know numbers can always be manipulated to read what you want. It's all formulas and algebraic equations. And what they do is they create such detailed formulas that the average person doesn't understand it, which keeps them employed and keeps them in need. So then what happens is when we, when we go to look at this information, it's Greek to us. We don't get it. We don't understand it. So what do we do? We defer back to the quote-unquote experts, the same ones who are robbing us. And we, because we've created this and we've allowed it to happen, we're stuck. And we live with the residual effects such as what we're living in now. I was one of those people that just said, you know what, somebody making $9 an hour has no business in a $250,000 house. And I was very harsh. These stupid people, they know they couldn't afford it. But you know something? I remember when I got zooked when I bought my first car. I bought a brand-new car at 19 years old. I was a new driver. My son was a year old. I had to get um, – you know, get to school and, you know, trying to do my thing, being a teenage mom. So I bought a new car. I had good credit, and I bought a new car. Don't laugh, but I bought a 1990 Hyundai Excel. <laughs> I went to the dealer, and they saw me coming a mile away. And this is what they asked. They said, how much can you afford? And I said, well, I can't afford anything, really. I, I'm a student. I'm a mom. But I was working, so I had income, blah, 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 blah. They crunched the numbers, and I ended up paying, I believe my car payment was two. Forty-six ninety-five a month. So the way I rationed it out in my brain was like, okay, I got to pay like fifty dollars a week for my car. Didn't even think about insurance. That's how how ignorant I was. I was like, oh, I have to have insurance too. Didn't even factor that in. But anyway, two forty-six ninety-five. I was paying for my car payment. Do you know? After a few months into my car, I actually took the time to read my agreement. I was going to be paying $246.95 for 60 months, which is five years, and my interest rate was 23.99%. Ask me why I remember these numbers, because once I realized it, once God revealed it to me, I swore I will never let that happen to me again. And what they did was they manipulated the numbers, finagled some things, so at the end of the day, all they presented me with was you got to pay two forty six ninety five. I was like, cool, I'm, I'm pushing the new Hyundai Excel. Now, for those of you who are familiar with a Hyundai Excel, that car was worthless after the first year. Hyundai Excels, especially in the, like my car was in 1990, was worthless. It was a piece of garbage. It was a piece of junk. And so now here I am paying for something for five years that's worthless after a year with a 23% interest, but all I knew is I was paying two forty six ninety five a month. And that speaks to what happened with all these people that bought homes. And once I reflected back on what happened to me when I was like 19 or 20 years old, I realized these people were duped, and it was very duplicitous 
wranglings of numbers that forced that to happen. They said, okay, can you afford 1400 a month? I guess. Maybe they're paying 1000 a month anyway. So a couple hundred and now we own it, not understanding that it, there may be a, some type of balloon, that the rate is going to adjust, all of these things. And that's why I take it back to these people are shysters, and they knew exactly what they were doing. Let me read some stuff in the chat room because as I look at the time, we are down, wow, to uh, the last couple minutes of the show. Uh, let me go through. Oh, yeah, DSR said um, our economy is fueled by greed. Absolutely. That's why I never said that George Bush was a racist. Everybody says, Sai, you're a Republican. I am not a Republican. I have told you all time and time again, I am a registered independent. However, I never subscribe to the, to the notion that George Bush is, is a racist. George Bush was fueled by money. He didn't care if you were red, purple, or green. If your money looked like yours, come on in. If your money did not look like his, then you were left out in the cold knocking on the door trying to get a seat at the table. And proof of that is all the middle, the people in middle America that are white who have been uh, adversely affected by his economic policies. It has nothing to do with George Bush not liking black people. That's bizarre. George Bush was after money, and that's all it was. Um, IDM where says, unfortunately, this is a byproduct of a capitalist society. I believe in capitalism. As an entrepreneur, I do believe in capitalism, but this is capitalism on steroids. Um, he says he likes the uh, Michael Keaton reference. Yeah, what was the name of the show? It was Family Ties. That's right. It was Family Ties. That was the name of the show. And I love the show Family Ties with Justine Bateman. It was a really good show. I, I happen to really enjoy it. Uh, but it was Alex P. Keaton, yeah, and he was like, greed is good. And he was such a Republican, and the whole, uh, you know, rest of the family was like Democrats. Um, High Road says, it's time to start learning this stuff like the test is tomorrow. It's too dangerous not to know. Baby, you better believe it, which is why I went through a timeline today. I encourage you, please go into the archives and download this show. Save it, burn it to a DVD, do whatever you have to do to it because the information is valuable. Even if you don't get an opportunity to listen to it today, at least have it on your files. And you know how I know people are desperate and um, so strongly seeking information? The show had just started, and I already had five people in the chat room. People are seeking information and knowledge. I'm not slanting it. I have no agenda. I just want us all to wake up and see what's going on and take our heads out of what's going on between Chris Brown and Rihanna and pay attention. And pay attention. Pay attention. When the, when the editor of CNBC says the bonuses are no, no big deal, y'all have to know we are in trouble because there's so many little conflicts of interest going around. CNBC is supposed to present what goes on in the market. That's it. It is a news channel dedicated to the finances of the market with closing bell and squawk on the street. So if you have the editor of that show in the site telling us, hey, you know, it's all relative, no big deal, who can we trust at this point? I spend my day digging, digging, digging for information so I can present to you because I want us all to know. I want everybody to be enlightened because then that way we can take the message and go share it in our respective neighborhoods. You know what? It's so, oh, hold on. Oh, bye, Kirby Queen. I see that you have to fax resumes to a company. Good for you. 
hopefully you get the job. Um, but anyway, everybody that listens to this show is all over the country. We've got Baltimore, Tennessee, Cali, New York, New Jersey, Midwest, uh, all of these other places. Take this information and go share it at your mountaintop. Women of Color Fine Jewelry, you were talking about me. Don't get angry, side. Be led by God. I'm so led by God because if I didn't have the Lord in my life, I wouldn't have the courage to come on and talk about this stuff. Because people that get on and say the things that I say have to be careful. They have to be careful. But because I love the Lord and I feel I'm totally covered by God, I'm good. I feel great about what I say and what I do. I just hope the Obama administration buckles down and clamps down on these people with all this money because the right to award its senior executives $165 million in bonuses even after the company benefited from $170 billion in government bailout funds, that takes some political dexterity if I ever saw it in my life. And in the past two days, public figures have just nibbled, not quite coming to the defense of AIG, but pushing back on overstated outrage. Oh, my goodness, the country is up in arms. That's hogwash. Not only do they need to get fired, they need to give that doggone money back. Um, Okay, let me just say this really quickly. Women of color, no, I didn't say not be led by God. Basically, I I got what you said. You know, please don't think I'm I'm being critical. I I, I didn't think that you said I wasn't being led by God. I'm just saying that if I I didn't feel that God is, like, all up and through and covering me, I wouldn't even have the courage to say what I say because don't forget, I don't know who's going to listen to this information. I have no idea, but I don't even really care. My chat room is full. This is a crazy full show. People calling in and listening on the chat room and and logging in. I don't know who takes this information, but because my faith in the Lord is so strong, I know I'm good. My job is to get this information and share it and shout it from the mountaintops, and you know what? And then you all do with it as you may. Um, I just put a link in the chat room to the AIG timeline that I read. This is very, very, very important for us to know because we have to understand it's no longer smart to be dumb. We 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 don't have time for that anymore. Um, we are down to the last couple minutes, down to two minutes in the show. Golly, that went fast. Um, big shout-out to everybody. Burglar, hey, D.A. Williams, who just joined me in the chat room. Wow, we've had people coming in the last couple minutes of the show. High Road, my buddy. Oh, V.O.P. says representing Texas. Mike Henderson is representing Texas. Wow, i got a lot of people in Texas. Good looking out. That's George Bush country, y'all. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I know I have Texas, uh, Maryland. Mike, thanks for joining the show. I have some guests in the chat room, so thank you very much. Um, guests, uh, Drop and See, Jason Ray, Deja Monet, everybody saying great show, exceptional show. Thank you so much, you all. Um, knowledge is the key. Knowledge is the key, everybody, and pass this information on to your children because it is no longer smart to be dumb. We can't afford ignorance anymore because it will cost our future. Uh, Mike Henderson just put, yeah, in the chat room. You are too doggone funny, buddy. Listen, tomorrow is Wednesday. We've got a great show planned for you. Please remember that we shall pass through this world, but once any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, 
Let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I love you all for listening. God is so good and is the head of my life and shines on me every single day. And uh, I thank you all for listening. Really quickly, High Road put in the chat room, if you say it and share it with me, it turns out to be true, then knowledge becomes ours, brother. I love you all, and I'll see you all tomorrow. Peace.